Welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a foreign dreamer who started from being a flight attendant and worked her way up into now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and seasoned entrepreneur in multiple successful ventures. This podcast is for the awakened dreamer. Industry icons will share their humble beginnings up to the leaders they are today. Let's all learn and be inspired. Together, we can all prosper. Hello and welcome to the Dreamers to Leaders podcast. It's a podcast for the dreamers and more importantly, the doers. Today, we're going to dive in and explore um, the world of branding. Joining us here today is Min Ling. She is the founder of Brand Fame. Uh, she also launched a 54 million product for Lin Cuisine and has won uh, awards for that product. Uh, she also has a master's in business administration from Indiana University. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Min Ling. Hello, Min Ling. Hello, thank you so much for having me on. How are you? How's everything? Good? I'm doing well, yes, doing well. Thank you so much. Nice to see you. It's been a while. Well, um, so if you could uh, share with our audience um, more about you and your branding company. Yeah, so um, basically, like you mentioned, I uh, started my career in corporate branding. I worked at um, Nestle on the Lee Cuisine brand and the Toll House brand. I launched a $54 million product that won product of the year for Lean Cuisine. And things were going well in my corporate career, but I had a big you know, epiphany when I went to Nepal, I went to this um, orphanage where I was uh, volunteering and helping and supporting and met these children that were um, basically sold into indentured servitude and later rescued. I ha there are some kids that had parents that um, couldn't take care of them. And at the orphanage, when mm -hmm. I met these kids, they were the happiest kids I've ever met in my entire life. And um, one of the things that struck me was that they had all these dreams of, you know, one little boy ha wanted to be an astronaut, another girl wanted to be a teacher, another, you know, little boy wanted to be a doctor, and they had so many dreams and aspirations, and the thought popped into my head, when did I stop dreaming? And there was this pivotal moment in my life where I was just like, oh my gosh, I've been living my life for everyone else. You know, being the good Asian, I got a good education. I did the corporate thing, but I wasn't necessarily happy and following my dreams. So I ended up um, a year later deciding to part ways with Nestle and um, move on to my own journey in my path. I actually started um, an inspirational blog uh, that um, I did for a little bit. And then I fell back into branding and consulting because so many people loved my inspirational blog they were like oh my gosh Minling, you're really good at this and um, I realized that you know the reason why I stepped away from branding was more so because I was burnt out than not loving branding I love branding I love doing what I do and so I fell back into working with clients doing consulting um, I also consulted for fortune 500 companies and uh, just started my business and career out of out of um, realizing um, that I wanted to make a bigger purpose or a difference in people's lives mm -hmm. and helping them build brands that um, really stand out and help entrepreneurs who are making a difference get their voices um, to be known and heard. Mm -hmm. Well, that's loaded. I, I'm, I'm thinking 
with regards to going to Nepal, um, isn't it that there is that uh, place that's in Nepal where it's considered the happiest place uh, on earth? And instead of uh, instead of measuring gross um, national product or per capita income, they're actually measuring the happiness of uh, uh, each person. Well, why do you think is that? You know, being there, what do you think was kind of in the environment? in the society that made those kids uh, happy considering maybe their circumstance or, um, you know, whatever other situations that they're dealing with. I feel like, um, you know, those kids, especially they got a new lease on life, right? They got another opportunity, another chance at making their life um, the best that it can be. And I feel like it's also a simpler lifestyle there. Like, I feel like in, at least in America, you know, we try to, um, have the house, the car, the clothes, the whatever, and they value material, material stuff. They value simpler things Mm -hmm. and family and togetherness and being happy. And so we just have a different value system. And it made me relook at why I was doing what I was doing. And if it was really serving me on an internal level, or if I was doing it for the, you know, um, praise from my parents or to follow society. And I had to reevaluate really why I was doing what I was doing. So with regards to that, uh, to that struggle, you know, from uh, from the calling or the expectation uh, from your family, and then completely turning your back on that path to to now venturing into your own. H- how was that journey uh, for you, Minling? I would love to say that it was super easy. You know, everybody wants it to be like this clear path and you, you know, you start your own business and you just take off. And that, that is like, you know, the dream, but there is a lot of ups and downs. And I feel like it's important to have those ups and downs because it builds a lot of resolve within you. So when I first started my um, original idea of this inspirational site, like it wasn't really making any money. I was just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was still trying to figure out, you know, my purpose, what I wanted to do, what inspired me, what I was good at, trying to find my place in the world. And I think when you start off as an entrepreneur, you really have to understand what it is that you desire and how you want to make a difference and start um, playing with that. And I also want to make this recommendation to people, um, you know, in this process of entrepreneurship, you're going to have a lot of trial and error. I had a lot of trial and error in my own journey and my own path. And Mm -hmm. the quicker you can overcome it, the quicker you can have success. So I learned really quickly when I made a mistake, even within my own brand, um, at first, uh, you know, I tried to have a different type of tone of voice and it wasn't quite me. It was me, but it wasn't truly me. Like I just did not want to email or did not want to message or, um, it, it just, made my path a little bit more difficult and um and it's it's okay though it's okay if you have those hiccups as long as you realize what the hiccups are and are able to pivot i think it's really important to be as flexible as I possible agree. with your um business and brand and don't be afraid of venture it doesn't work yes 
so it's basically uh, falling forward or failing forward <laughs> and bouncing back right away and learning. So I yeah. think what's important is um, you to really learn uh, from all those mistakes and really using it to your advantage, right? And then just forge ahead. So if we could start with square one, um, if you could define for our audience what branding is and um, why it's crucial to have an effective branding. Yeah. So branding, everybody thinks of it as the website, the logos, and the graphics, and that's really not what a brand is about. A brand is really about how other people perceive you. So um, I always like to say that you don't mm. technically own your brand. I mean, I mean, you do own it in a way because you are the, the company owner, but your brand mm. reputation and perception lives in the hearts and minds of your consumers, your customers, your clients. How they view you is how your brand is going to be perceived. And so when you think about branding, you want to think about the experience that you create for your audience and um, you want to positively influence their experience through your messaging, through um, your social media, through your website, through um, your products and services, and all of that creates the brand experience and all of that is um, part of your brand. It's all those little touch points that will make up somebody's mind on whether or not they like you as a brand or they don't like you as a brand. So branding is more than just um, focusing on the website logos and graphics, which is one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people make um, by thinking that they are branding themselves by creating a website, which is not the truth. Or with whatever uh, branding memorabilia yes. uh, that they have. And they spend more on those tangible items than really, I think, the messaging. So uh, with kind of what I heard is uh, branding creates that um, it's what lingers in the, the consumer's mind. Uh, it, it's what creates a, a lasting uh, impression. And it also, I think, is, um, it helps with the subliminal, you know, the subliminal effect that um, I think in television or any ad, that's kind of what you want to really um, permeate <laughs> in the heads of, uh, in the minds of, um, of your consumer yeah. or your target market. 95% of all purchase decisions are made on an emotional level, on a subconscious level. It's exactly based off of how people feel about you as well. So it's not enough to just, again, create... Um, tangible things, you have to create an emotion of an attachment that um, builds that loyalty and builds that affinity between you and your customers. Exactly. So between the emotion and, and the rationale, for the most part, the emotion is the one that gives the go signal to uh, write the check, right? <laughs> uh, so with regards to uh, with your experience on um, on what you've seen in the corporate world, what has been kind of the, the common mistakes uh, that you've seen uh, companies make and how business owners can avoid those mistakes? Mm -hmm. One is not really listening to what the consumers want and where the consumers are going. So um, even in big companies, they do this. They don't see where the market trends are going and they, they are so stuck 
in their own ways that they're not able to pivot to make the necessary changes because there's new technology or new thing that's, that the customers want or are looking for. So one of the biggest mistakes is not listening to your customers because you can have an idea of where you want to go. You can have an idea of what you want to create, but if the customers are telling you different feedback and you're not following it, then that's a mistake. I know when we were working on, some pieces of your brand. We did a focus group uh, for Runway Heels. So right. we, we got some really good knowledge that we wouldn't have known um, if we didn't interview them. Like there was a difference between even saying like, um, starting off with a heel and turning into a flat versus it being a flat that turns into a heel. There was these slight nuances that you wouldn't have expected, but that was a big deal to customers. And so we had to change the messaging to align to what the customers wanted, which then helped build the brand and the affinity for the brand too. Because if we came about it the way that we were originally thinking, um, it wouldn't have been believable. Even though, even though it sounds really small and minute, it was actually a really big deal. I agree. So um, one big- So having thing. that focus group. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. It's that focus group and really listening intently to, to the feedback and insights of the actual uh, consumer. Because, you know, from the get-go, you have this vision and it's all about, let's say, the founder, right? But in the end, we have to really uh, be mindful, uh, really intently on, uh, on the customer experience and, and, and really taking that incorporating that with the evolution uh, of the business. But I like what you said about listening. I think that's not just with branding. It truly is um, you know, part of the selling, the heart of it, is you have to listen to uh, what's in it, what's in it really for, for the consumer, right? For, for selling, for branding, for any relationship, you know, for that matter. Um, really listening versus speaking with the intent of already knowing what you want versus really trying to understand. So, so I really like that point. Um, so Min Ling, here uh, in our podcast, we have a lot of our uh, viewers who, are, um, who own startups, and especially now with, with uh, what's going on in the economy, people are very mindful of where they spend their, their money. So for those who want to bootstrap, you know, their 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 business is there like a diy uh tip or like a do-it-yourself advice that you could uh give to our new entrepreneurs or those that are kind of cash trapped and kind of want to do it on their own first mm -hmm. it is really to focus on the fundamentals of branding before you spend money on a website you have to get your messaging straight and how you're positioning yourself in the market That is the make or break of any kind of branding because that's going to dictate how you share your message and what kind of message you share. I think one, you have mm. to really understand your niche and who you are here to serve. Um, a lot of people uh, think that they can help everybody. While that's great, you're not gonna be talking to the mm. right person. You're not gonna be talking to that one person um, and connecting with them on a deep emotional level. So you really do have to niche down and understand that customer on a deep emotional level of what 
um, issues they're facing, um, how they're not being served right now in the market, what kind of solutions that they're seeking, and going deep into your customer analysis. Then I always tell my clients to get, um, look at the marketplace, look at what their competitors are doing right now, what um, is happening in the industry that you don't believe in, that you are like, wait, there's a better way to do this. So you wanna start to understand what your competitors are doing and saying in the market because then you can map it against what your customers want and see where the empty space is and see also where you are um, really good at and bring that into the mm -hmm. equation. So it's kind of like, I like to think of it as triangulation of, you know, and pinpointing where it is that you are um, the best fit for your ideal clients. And, and that's, that's what you really have to do because then you're able to say, okay, now I know how to position myself because I know what the customers want. I know what the, uh, um, competitors are doing. I know my benefit and why I'm better than everybody else. And I know where the white space is in the market. Now I can say like, I have X, Y, and Z product that can help my customers get to their real desired results. And it's better than competitors because I offer this value. And that's going to start to help you craft the message that you need to craft um, in order for your ideal clients to want to potentially work for me with you and buy from you. I mean, that's how we, we came up. I'm, I'm using your brand as an example, like uh, no compromises because people didn't want to compromise on their shoes. And that's why we started talking about um, living life without compromises and including your shoes. And, um, and, and so you start to find those nuances and points and the messaging by doing this legwork first um, in order to find out how you are positioned in the market and then go ahead and create um, the, the messaging to align with the positioning. Mm -hmm. I think you also brought up a good point on uh, just like with anything that you build, whether it's a, it's an actual home or an actual building, uh, the foundation needs to be super solid. Otherwise, uh, the end product is going to be flimsy as well, and it won't it won't really resonate with what you want, you know, for your brand. So doing that legwork and laying that out from the get go. Uh, I agree, you know, it's important. Um, uh, and for those that, that try to do it on their own, is there like signposts or um, metrics or anything that they need to watch out for to know that they're on the right path or on the, they're on the right direction yeah. with, with their branding? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, after you come up with, um, you know, the direction that you want to come up with your messaging, you want to test it out, you want to beta test it, see, you know, with your audience, the people that would be most interested, um, whether they're on social media platforms, whether you do another focus group, whether you do a beta launch or something and test it out in the market to see whether or not people resonate with what you are saying. I think a lot of people jump into like, oh, I'm just going to launch and I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on ads and you get no results. You want to test and tweak as you go and see, you know, are people um, clicking through? Are people like feeling that emotion when you tell them about your idea or concept or, um, or, or a message? You start to see the signs. You don't have to, you know, spend money on ads. You can even test it off with 
um, people that are going to be potential clients on a one-on-one -on -one conversation and just see gauge their reaction and see if they light up and if they're like oh my gosh I really want to know this can you share more with me or if they're like oh that's a cool idea you know like you don't want oh that's a cool idea you want somebody to be like oh my gosh I need to have it where can I buy it how can oh I my god yeah yeah how can I get it tell me more so you can start to see by not only doing like metrics of like click-through rates and like how many people are actually um, um, interested in what you Engaging. have and, mm -hmm. and conversions, but you can also do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis if you don't want to do ads and testing and all that stuff. But um, you, you want to you want to get the same kind of reaction of like yes, I actually need that. And you can even like post it on Facebook as well too. If your your ideal clients are on Facebook or in a Facebook group and you know, you can, some groups allow you to share ideas and, mm -hmm. and say like, okay, this is my idea that like, what does this resonate? And people will give you an honest mm -hmm. answer. So there are many different ways to, to test it out and kind of see before fully launching. But if you do do ads, then make sure you're watching your conversion rates. And if you have a low conversion rate, then know that your messaging is off or, or something's off and, and start to tweak and see what you need to tweak and before fully scaling it up. With regards to um, established companies, so, so here they are, they've been in business for several years, yet they think that there's something missing. Is there like a perfect time that you think that uh, a company needs to rebrand? Yeah. Do you think that's a good idea? Yeah, so one is if they feel like they've plateaued. So if they're seeing stagnant sales, they're seeing that it, nothing is moving, they tr they've tried everything, that they're not seeing new growth, that's one indication of whether or not they need to start to rebrand and revisit their message. Maybe they just need a refresh. Maybe they just need a spin on their message. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need a whole overhaul. It really will depend on the findings. But if they see their sales plateauing and they're not seeing growth or even declining and they're not seeing growth, then it start to start you need to start to look at doing a rebrand or a refresh or remessaging. Um, if you are also for personal uh, brands, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs creating their own personal brands, what I find right. um, with my clients is when they feel like they've outgrown their message because in a personal brand, you are the brand. And so if you've outgrown your message and you don't feel like talking about these things that you were talking about, if you're not feeling jazzed about like, or happy or excited about what you're sharing, then it's chances are you probably have outgrown your current brand and you want to refresh. Like I know in my own business, I outgrew my brand when I knew that I didn't want to just talk about branding, right? I wanted to talk about energy work and really a aligning your energy to your brand. And so I have a new layer, an additional layer that I work with my clients to work on their mindsets for personal branding clients. I also have a consulting side, but for personal branding clients, um, I also love doing the energy work to help them um, shift out of any old belief systems and blocks that are holding them back mm -hmm. so that they can become the most radiant version themselves and become fully self-expressed. And so that actually lights me up. Um, working with a personal brand in that way. And so I had to switch some of my messaging and, and, and create that other up level of my brand as well in regards to uh, my personal coaching business. Uh, that's different and separate from my consulting mm -hmm. business, but I had to do that too. And so it's, it's, it's all part of growth, especially if you have a personal brand, um, it's all part of your growth. And as you grow, as you see yourself plateauing, as you see yourself being stagnant and not feeling 
um, like your message is truly representative of you, then it's time to relook at your message and rebrand. To rebrand. Okay. So, um, you know, listening to what you're saying in terms of like uh, that, that weaving the energy work, that seems like it's very interesting. It's an avant-garde uh, approach to, to branding, incorporating, incorporating that deep uh, of a level when you're talking, um, you know, soul energy, uh, uh, part of, of this dynamics. Um, so you've mentioned if a, if, um, if a business plateaus and if, let's say, your personal branding, if you have outgrown uh, that, then it's a good time to maybe uh, step back and look at your brand. Um, with regards to companies that have um, experienced some uh, nasty or, or you, know, hey, you know, let's say reviews, reviews that are really hurtful for the brand. Uh, and if, let's say, they have received, you know, a slew of that, and um, or maybe due to uh, bad publicity or, or really something that has gone um, wrong with with a product or the service, so on and so forth. Do you think branding has a way to do a little bit of that damage control? Mm -hmm. um, and what would be your suggestions in in kind of overturning uh, that type of, of damage uh, to a company or a brand? Yeah, that's a great question. I definitely feel like one, um, the company needs to first fix the issue, whatever it is, and own up to it. I think a lot of companies try to pretend it's not there or try to skirt around the issues and blame it on somebody else. And even in my Nestle days, you know, when we had recalls and stuff like that, we had to face things head on um, because we knew that um, if we just let it linger, you know, people will start questioning the brand and saying, like, do you really care about us? Remember, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. the customers want to know that you care about them. And so one, quickly fix the issue, whatever that is. Two, share what steps you're taking to fix that issue as soon as possible and come up with an action plan. Three, um, share what you're promising, like what do you promise from here on out to do as a brand, as a company, and then stick to that um, and, and um, continue to go ahead and follow the new promise so that you rebuild the trust. The reason why you get bad reviews um, and people start disliking brands is because the trust has eroded just like in a relationship if you want to even just take out brand for a second and just think about one-on-one -on -one relationships let's say we were best friends and that's how some people feel about brands and then I broke your trust in some way you have to repair the trust so you a you have to own up to it and be like oh my gosh I was such an idiot I did not mean to do that you know and be like I, I will never do that again this is how I'm going to take steps to make sure that doesn't happen and see you're going to have to constantly show up as that new version of you as the one that promised those things that uh, to your customers and consistently show up and that's how you start to repair the trust because if people don't trust your brand if people are giving you negative re reviews because you don't trust they don't trust you anymore that's how the brand gets eroded so just continue to um, look at how you can repair and um, the trust between you and your clients Mm -hmm. I, I like that analogy of using branding and um, how it relates to even that one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationship 
I think even with the social media, which is part of uh, marketing, um, they say the tone of voice has to really be like you're talking to your best friend, right? So it's that BFF type of, uh, of dialogue that you want your voice to kind of, um, the voice that you have uh, on your social media. Otherwise, people will tune out, right? Um, now, with regards to brands that you admire, um, are there any particular brands that stand out uh, in your experience that you think have done, you know, a, an amazing job with, with their branding? Yeah, so one I always talk about all the time, um, it's Tom's Shoes, because um, they did a really good job on aligning their brand to social good. They were one of the first companies that did that, and everything tied together from their messaging of one-to-one for every shoe that they buy, another one gives to another child in need, Every single product is tied back to something, even the way that um, they, their look and feel on um, their website, on their, every, everything was tied together. And they also um, were big on social causes, creating a day without shoes so people know what it's like without shoes. They did a phenomenal job in, um, in, in branding and marketing themselves when they first came on. So, and they created like a, a loyal um, audience. So I would say that is one brand that, I, um, that I've loved. I think Drybar does another great job of creating brand personality and really owning like really? who they mm-hmm. are, um, you know, from the, you know, the cocktail menu of like the hairstyles from the experience that they create. They actually, I think they did a good job of creating a, a new industry, a new concept of a blow dry bar because before that, that wasn't in existence, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's another great company where they started to look at what do customers really need? What are they missing? What is the industry not even sharing or doing right now? And what are we really great at and creating this new open area of, of um, concept that wasn't even in existence beforehand? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms, of, um, in terms of what makes a, a strong and timeless brand, are there specific characteristics that you think or the ingredients that need to happen for a brand to be timeless? I think you want to make sure that your message is um, consistent. Um, I think that part of timelessness makes uh, it is through consistency is through sharing your message in a consistent manner over and over and over. If you look at, you know, brands that have been around for ages, like Disney, for example, they always talk about the magic. They always talk about, um, you know, create happiest place on earth, happiest place on earth. Like there, that that's timeless because they are not always changing their messaging every few seconds to follow trends. And I think that's one way to make it timeless and um, to really help your, you know, you know, customers get to know you and being consistent as well too. I think consistency also um, helps you with timelessness um, because the more that you can Mm -hmm. share your same message over and over, and the more you show up over and over, the more you start getting embedded into people's lives and everyday routine, and they start thinking about you because that's how people remember you. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I saw it somewhere where um, they listed the most trusted brand 
or brands that have really stood the test of time and that's just really um, globally, you know, globally known from, mm -hmm. uh, from Toyota to Sony mm -hmm. to Samsung. Have you, seen, uh, have you seen that data? And why do you think is that? What are they doing right in terms yeah. of branding? Um, I would say that, again, uh, it's a consistency. Toyota's reliable, right? They're reliable all the time. They are always um, showing up in the right way in terms of their products. Like cars don't fail. You know, it's that, that trust factor. Those companies pride themselves in consistency and delivering consistently on the end product itself. So the whole entire right, right. is um, is key, which is why branding is more than just a website. It's really key to helping um, people um, become the best brand that they can be. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's consistency in making sure that it aligns with with the product that they deliver and the promise that they deliver mm -hmm. right so um i guess regardless of how consistent if let's say the product that you deliver isn't really matching the, the message right so i think making sure that the product the service align with the consistency uh, of the message uh with regards to your philosophy philosophy uh what has been like what you feel is your unique um you know, a differentiating factor and um, in your philosophy with, with your branding company? Yeah, I believe in branding from, um, that comes from the inside, the soul. That, uh, you know, I believe that each brand has an energetic frequency that people can feel, the way that you show up, your personality, all of that. So I work with my clients to understand what that energy is behind their brand. So I'm not going to be um, a company that tells you how to brand. I dig deep in understanding the soul of your brand to bring out the best parts of you. And I know that we had an experience working on Runway Heels where it was really that I can see and spot and feel the soul of the brand and help people pull that out so that that shines. It's not that we're trying to put this facade over your brand, but really taking the essence of the brand pulling it out the energy of the brand pulling it out and making that the 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 differentiator in the market mm -hmm. so with regards to um you know at the end of the day um you know there's all these nuggets and amazing um tips that you shared with us um if there's three major uh, takeaway that you want our audience uh to take from this uh from this segment what would those three major uh, takeaways um, that you would want to impart to our yeah, viewers? Definitely. One is like branding goes beyond the, the website logos and graphics. Like don't just focus on the visual, get the foundation set, understand your positioning, understand your customers, understand your competitors, define your place in your market and um, start honing in on your core message. So always start from the foundation. The second piece is um, really focusing on your niche and um, figuring out what your customers and clients really want, not just looking at the demographics, but getting into the feeling, getting into the psychographics, getting into their emotions, because that's what's going to move the needle because they buy from an emotional place. And then the third part is being in energetic alignment with your, your brand, especially a personal brand, like making sure that it truly represents you and your soul and the soul of your brand, because people can feel a disconnect if um, you aren't aligned with your brand. 
-hmm. Branding has always been uh, something that fascinates me. It's, um, it's a very interesting um, part of the whole uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, so I so appreciate your your time and your your sharing of uh, your expertise. Wishing you much success, um, Minling. Thank you again. And for all the dreamers out there, keep believing. You've got this. Till next time.